Hello everyone, home is where the heart is. The heartful interaction between parents and their children sets the foundation for the people our children will turn out to be. Home is a show where we will be exploring on how parents can navigate the realities of raising our future leaders. My name is Eva Christodoulou and I'm with the research and development team here in Leaderonomics. Welcome home everyone. We have here with us Eric Brian Amaladas. Eric teaches under the Faculty of Behavioral Sciences at uh, Help University. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eva. Thank you for having me. How much of our character, intelligence and attitudes are innate and how much we can actually influence in our children? Well, today, psychologists rarely take such a polarized position, you know, whether it's either it's innate or whether it's, it's environmental or nurtured with regards to most aspects of development. Instead, they investigate the relationship between the innate and the environmental forces. We are definitely born with specific genetic traits inherited by our parents, such as skin color, eye color, and even sometimes genetic diseases. But beyond our basic genes or genotype, uh, there's a deep interaction between our genes and the environment. Our unique experiences forms the way we think and the way we behave. But some characteristics are tied to environmental factors. How a person behaves can be linked to influences such as parenting styles and learning experiences. For example, a child might learn through observation and reinforcement to say please or thank you. Another child might learn aggressive behaviors by observing older children engage in violent behaviors. And, and uh, there are um, studies have, uh, who, who have looked into the differences between uh, different siblings, for example, and we found that uh, genetically they should be very similar. However, uh, even though they grow in the same environment, they have so many differences in terms of their personality and uh, even twins uh, in, in, some, uh, in some cases. So um, how, how much are things like uh, birth order, for example, uh, have to do with the, the personality that a child develops? Very interesting, because from the University of Georgia, a psychologist by the name of Alan Stewart, who's done a lot of work on, on birth order, distinguishes what he calls as actual birth order and what psychological birth order is. So actual birth order, as you may guess, is the actual numerical placement within your family. A psychological birth order, on the other hand, is a self-perceived position in the family, meaning that I may be the middle child, but because I perceive to have some kind of influence or leadership qualities in the family, therefore I take on the role of the first child, for example. Right. They can be very different in, for a number of reasons. And for example, a large gap in the family. So, um, and first child is about 10 years or 15 years older than your second child. And therefore, the second child will also then exhibit certain qualities that we would normally attribute to a first child. We sometimes, for example, attribute leadership skills to the firstborn because of their role in the family. Uh, they are the standard bearers, so to speak. And we attribute competition and jealousy to the middle child because uh, they are deemed as competing to be seen and heard and not to be overshadowed by the first child. However, research has shown that the middle child, probably because they feel overlooked, will have tendencies to create stronger friendship and long-term relationships with friends outside the family. And research also says that they rely more heavily on relationships with their peers than with their families as they see outsiders meeting their needs and emotional support. So there are various different mm -hmm. kinds of um, 
attributes that we put that through. However, that may not be true as life experiences sometimes dictates other things. No? So for example, you know, we've talked about the, the first child and the middle child. We attribute the youngest child as being pampered or the baby of the family, as we often say. You know? And so they may develop social skills that get people to do what they want. And so they're extremely charming and sociable in that sense. But no matter what your birth order is, you can take control of your own character traits by rethinking your role in the family. But what parents can teach their children is to think beyond the confines of their birth order. In that way, you better equip your children to develop their own personalities in a more intentional way. And I think that's important, that we are teaching them intentionally regards to being polite, regardless of their birth order. You're teaching them leadership qualities at home. You're teaching them decision-making skills. And I often tell parents this. Um, usually when you ask a child, what do you want to eat? A child would normally give you a fast food joint or and all that. And as soon as they give you a fast food joint, parents will normally say, no. So here's the dilemma. You've asked your child for a decision. They've made a decision and they say no. So what do you teach them? <laughs> yeah, so the whole idea here is, if this is a continuous process where I keep asking you, what do you want to eat? And they, or where do you want to eat? And they tell you somewhere, a place that you, do, you deem as um, not good or unhealthy, then you're continually going to say no to them. And what does the child learn? The child learns and says, well, regardless of whether I, whatever I say is going to be a no from your parent. So to help that, the parents maybe can offer them a choice. Uh, uh, would you like to go to this restaurant or would you like to go to that restaurant? You help them make the decision. You help them make the choice between two, two restaurants. Restaurants which they may not like, which is fine because choices are often not what we like, but we have to make them anyway. But you're giving them an option of two choices. And if they choose one of the two, then we honour that. We respect that decision and we take that child to that restaurant. Right. And in doing so, you've, you've allowed them to make a decision and you've honoured that decision and the child feels respected that their decisions are being honoured. So that's one way of, of helping them to, to think about certain attributes and qualities regardless of their, their birth order as such. It's easier said than done, though. Uh, it's, it's very easy to fall into a trap of comparing, for example, oh, this is not what your brother did or this is not what your sister did when they were at your age. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that society has kind of inbuilt in us and ingrained in us for so many years. So how, how as parents, can we be more um, aware, I suppose, when we are doing this and, and sort of try to break from this right. behavior? I think what you just suggested is key. It's awareness. Mm. Now, we are all humans and we make mistakes. But when we find ourselves comparing that's the time when we need to stop ourselves and say, you know what, this child has got gifts and talents and, and strength areas that may be very different from other siblings. So awareness is key. And yes, there's a tendency of trying to compare and all that. But are there more times in which we seem to encourage the individuality as opposed to compare? And even though they may be living in the same house, their experiences of life is very different. Definitely. Um, I read in a study, um, I, I think it's one of the older studies, but um, so, so about 35% of uh, people's experiences come from uh, individual 
uh, view of the environment. So uh, meaning if you have two siblings growing up in the same house, going through the same kind of uh, parenting styles and the same mm. kind of experiences, you would think they experience the world around them in a very mm. different way. And that may be not just birth order, but maybe uh, age difference and the way that they see specific experience that they are going through at that point in time. Um, they see through a different lens and therefore they understand it much differently and they process it very differently. So how can as parents, um, even though we treat our children the same way, how can we also make sure that we try to um, understand a little bit more how they view it so differently and help them to uh, mold the, their character and personality through that as well? So I think parents need to be very conscientious and aware of their, of their consistency of behavior. Parents also should be aware of their own parenting styles. Uh, there's an author by the name of Kevin Thompson who writes quite extensively on parenting styles. And he talks about three ways in which we influence our children. Uh, for example, the most overlooked area of influence we have with others, especially our children, is the examples we set. Mm. So we become the role models. Uh, and no matter what mistakes we have made in the past, if a parent is ready and available to admit them, seek for forgiveness, even forgiveness from their child, and make amends, that can be a tremendous example for their children. So they learn forgiveness or they learn the way to interact with others by the example that others set. And that becomes uh, a way in which we model certain behaviours for our children. Another possible way, as Thompson would say, is about what is our story as parents? Meaning, um, what are the stories we tell our children? The stories we tell about our childhood or our experiences of life were they positive experiences? Were they negative experiences? And even if they were experiences and stories of hardship, how have we grown from that experience? What have we learned from that experience? And our stories become a, an influence to the family and to the kids. Uh, they begin to see a vulnerable side to the parents, but a vulnerable side has allowed them to become better. And these stories are stories that, that empower instead of stories that we sometimes tell our kids that seem to manipulate. <laughs> we are reflections of our, that, that story, and our kids are picking up on that. <laughs> There's another example in terms of how are we encouraging our children. No matter what the age of the child, they never grow weary of hearing words like, I love you, <laughs> or you accept it, you are capable, you can do this, I believe in you, I'm here for you. You know, even as an adult, hearing that from somebody you love in terms of I'm here for you, I support you, means tremendous for each one of us, let alone a child. And therefore, parents need to communicate that with their kids because that shows a consistency of behavior, of showing unconditional love. Once a child feels that they are not unconditionally loved, that's when I think it becomes a trap to, to other things in life. Parents sometimes are too concerned about communicating with their children opinions. Uh, you hear things like, you should do this or you must do that, rather than communicating love and encouragement. We may not always control what we desire, but we never lose the power of influence in the lives of our children. And it's quite, um, it's quite motivating, actually. I, I, I think recently you hear more and more families that they... 
um, look at their children as individuals that mm-hmm. are very different. And I think that goes back to the, the, the environment does have a big role to play in yeah. the way that our children will uh, grow up to be. And that's, that's quite good to see. Yeah, we are more than our gene factor. <laughs> uh, we have choices to make. And I think it's part of the choices that we make that determines who we are and the kind of person that we want to be. Um, it's always nice to blame it on our genes. <laughs> However, I think in terms of parenting or in terms of the way we, we, we choose to interact with people, we all have a choice. Definitely. And that choice is what leads us to become better. All right. Okay. Thanks very much for joining us, You're welcome. Thank you, Eva. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.